Hello, I'm Amanda Griffiths, the Quality Director at Voyage Care. Welcome back again to season two of our podcast, where the theme is quality. Today's episode is all about ensuring high quality support for those with Prader-Willi syndrome. In this episode, we'll be discussing one of our specialist Prader-Willi syndrome residential homes, Esma House, which even has a hot tub in the garden. Hello, I'm Lorraine Swinburne. Uh, Welcome to the Voyage Care podcast. Um, I am the manager of Red Bank House, which is a Prada Willie specific uh, residential care service. And I'm here today with Morgan. Hello, everybody. I'm Morgan. I'm the deputy manager at Esma House, the Prada Willie specialist service. And today we're going to be discussing quality at both of our services, Red Bank House and Esma House, and how we deliver high quality care and support. Okay, Morgan, can you tell me a little bit about Esma House when you opened and why? Okay, yeah, so um, we opened in January 2020, um, just at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, We opened because we were getting a lot of referrals through Nottinghamshire um, that were Prada Willie, and obviously we we had only got uh, Lorraine at Red Bank that was a Prada Willie service, so... We was getting all these referrals with nowhere to go because Lorraine's full. Um, so Alex got approached to open Esma House and that's what we did. We went searching for houses, um, what would be suitable. And then that was that. We went from there. We had all the work done. Um, we opened at the beginning of 2020. I had a lady move in straight away who Alex had previously worked with at a previous job. And then moving forward from that, we had a few open days um, where social workers and family members um, came. And then we got another person that we support um, from the the open day. And a family member and his social worker visited on that one. And he moved in in the March. Then we went through lockdown. And then I had another young lad move in. He moved in around July time. And then... From that, we was all back open and it was fine again. And then we had our last two move in. So um, from next week, uh, we will be full um, just after 18 months. When Esma House opened, we did have Lorraine that helped us a lot and Janine from Red Bank. Um, And they helped us with ensuring that they're high quality and care and support. So Lorraine, do you want to explain just some of the ways that you ensure that we are giving high quality care and support? Uh, well, we were instrumental in delivering um, a lot of the training to the staff members around Prada Willie syndrome. When I started at Red Bank House 13 years ago, I hadn't even heard of it. So it is a very, very complex uh, syndrome. And when you first meet the guys, it's it's very difficult to see what the issues are um, because they're not at surface level, they're much deeper. I think for Lorraine to come over and give us the training, it was um, it was much appreciated because even as me as the deputy manager, I had heard of Prada Willie, but I didn't know all the complex situations and the things that come with it. Um, like Lorraine says, it's not service service level. Like there's a lot deeper things. There's a lot more mental health involved and um, being able to spot it. So even you know 
interviewing staff that had never heard of Prada Willis syndrome before. It was quite difficult to have even get going with a staff team. Um, it's not it's not common, you know. You could ask somebody, "Have you ever heard of Prada Willis?" And they they haven't. They, they, they don't know. And and very often. Um, you will come across people that say, oh, yeah, I know about Prader-Willi syndrome. And they just mentioned the the eating side of things, uh, which actually is probably the easier part to put measures in place to help them cope with their satiety response. But there is so much more than than that. Um, so it's it's very important that everybody gets to understand exactly what's involved with a person with Prader-Willi syndrome and exactly what their complications and the things they find difficult, what they are. I think it helped more that Lorraine had got so many years experience um, because when she delivered that training, it wasn't, you know, your, your standard set training. She could tell you any question that you asked, she'd had, she'd already had that situation or she already knew of the answer to tell you because she'd already been there before after 15, 20 years of working at Red Bank. Whereas I was asking questions that probably sounded quite minimal. And it isn't now until a year later that I thought, God, you know, that's what I thought was going to be the worst part. And it wasn't, you know, I thought the fridge and the freezer being locked and things being put away was going to be the worst part. And actually, you know, that's just that minimal compared to the rest that come with it. Um, so in terms of ensuring high quality care and support, um, I think you can't sort of break that down and do it justice because there's so many layers to delivering high quality care and support um, and they all interlink with one another. Um, For us, I think it's important to have a balanced team on each shift, which incorporates age, experience, knowledge, all the care and support that you deliver is person-centred and it's it's paramount to have good communication throughout the entire team uh, because continuity of approach especially well in most services but especially with Prader-Willi syndrome is absolutely essential you really do all have to sing from the same hymn sheet yeah I agree with that I think um, being new and opening you know even a staff that may have rung sick you know just a little bit of changes like that, I didn't pick up on how big that would be to somebody else's day and the impact that that would have. So um, just staff communication was a big one when we first opened, making sure that they all knew, like Lorraine said, a balanced team, um, not a big half stand, like a turnover for staff because they, they can't cope, they, they can't understand the reasons why. Yeah, managing change is a big thing because... Change is something that they do struggle with most of all. Um, Changing routine, changing staff members, um, any disruption to the day can really make a massive difference. So there always has to be a strategy in place and approach to that strategy is paramount. Right, so in terms of um, when we were working alongside you, um, all of us at Red Bank House, and obviously we had staff coming over and shadowing. What do you think, Morgan, that you learned from us um, as an outstanding service that you've been able to take into your service moving forward? I think from coming over and shadowing, you know, your staff members on day to day and different times of the day as well, because 
I think that was important. It's it's things just from like um, little paperwork that Lorraine would have made, you know, that's not um, anything big, but it's just so staff know. So I can always remember that Lorraine has got something in place that says about their morning snacks, their afternoon snacks and what they're having and what they're having on certain days. And at first I used to think, um, oh, God, like this is really scheduled. This is really intense. And it isn't until now, actually, that I have that same uh, format for mine because they can't they can't know the difference between Monday they're having one thing, Tuesday they're having another, and it has to be in black and white. It has to be on a sheet. So for me, I think it was the the bits that you don't think of um, for the staff to pick up on. Um, so coming over and looking at all the things that have made Lorraine and Red Bank outstanding um, that we then can take away and use. Um, and I think when we last We've just had our CQC inspection, and I think that they was very impressed with the support that Red Bank had gave us um, and giving the staff the quality training of what we needed before we'd even opened, because we'd been coming over there for a, a good three, four weeks before uh, we had anyone even come and move into Esma House. So uh, just general knowledge is a big one. Just helping, just things like when Red Bank staff came over to Esma before we'd opened, um, you know, I'd got like just a standard bin and it was just things where Lorraine would say, oh, you know, Morgan, like I'd swap that for this reason. And, you know, you might not want that for this reason. So just just their time, their, their, their dedication to help us and um, just their compassion and kindness to get us up and running to the same level as them. Yeah, I think <clears throat> one of the things I would say is that, you know, my availability is always there. So very often when they have different scenarios and different things happening. They're able to just get in touch with me and say, well, what would you do in this circumstance? And usually I do have an answer. I think I think that just knowing that Lorraine's at, just at the other end and that speaks volume in itself because I can just pick up the phone and be like, oh, my God, Lorraine, like, please help me. Like, what would you do? And she'll know the answer. There's never been a time where I've rang her. And it's not been like, oh, God, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. Like, let me have a think about it. She'll give me the answer. She'll tell me what to do. I'll put the phone down. I'll deal with whatever it was. And I think, oh, perfect. Sorted. So, Lorraine, can you explain how you measure quality uh, over at Red Bank that might be different to here at Esma? Well, obviously, you've got all your quality audits. And I'm one of those very strange managers that actually loves an audit. it, it helps me experience and know that what I'm doing, I've got things in place and obviously my quality scores, if they're below 95, I'm not happy. <laughs> um, so that's just one of those things. But in terms of measuring quality, um, y- y- the people we support, um, their quality of life, are they happy? Are they Are they getting as much experience from life as they possibly can they set their own goals things they want to aspire to and you know we do sort of baby steps towards the bigger ones and then obviously the ones that we can meet sooner then obviously we make those happen um we have one young lady who uh her her entire family are in australia and uh before covid hit um I needed to know how this young lady was going to cope with a long haul flight because it, it's not just as straightforward as putting somebody on an aeroplane and seeing how they crack on. 
So that will be hopefully April next year, we'll be taking her to Mexico um, to see how she gets on. Obviously, I'll be doing a lot of research um, and studying how she copes with changing time, weather, um, because all of these things can affect them. So, you know, that's that's one thing we do do to ensure that they have quality of life, that they get the experiences they want from life. I think the other thing that I do like is feedback. I'm, I'm constantly in touch with external professionals, family members, and I persistently ask, you know, is there something we can do better? Is there something you think we can improve on? And and I always say I don't mind negative comments. If you've got any negative comments, just just hit me with them because I need to know where I can improve if I haven't identified it myself. In terms of quality, obviously, I think the quality assurance in voyage care is second to none. I've got a lot of friends in the health and social care sector that work for other companies that just don't have um, the setup that Voyage Care has. Um, it really is second to none in terms of as always being able to measure what we have in place and, and what we deliver. Yeah, I think I agree with me. You can always refer back to your consolidated action plan um, when you've done your audits and that improves the quality that you're giving. You know, you won't know. Uh, what you're missing out on if you've not got them. So I agree with Lorraine. I do like quite like a quality audit. You've just got to look at your service. You know, can you hear laughter? Can you ha- hear mm. them having fun? You know, it's all right saying is all your office-based stuff done, but also this is somebody's home. Like you, you've got to make sure that they're having their living their best life, um, happy with what they're doing. You know that they're meeting their needs, they're meeting their wishes. And definitely, with I agree with Lorraine, family involvement, because they are such a big part of your how you run and how you manage um, their family while living here. You know, I've got um, a young man who has got a really big family. He's got uh, four sisters and a brother. And I just think he has got so many family telling him different things, um, when they're coming to, to visit, what they're going to do. Um, you know, and that can be quite a lot for him. Um, because he's he's got all this happening and I won't even know you know because they'll speak to him directly um so a lot of the time we'll have a monthly meeting with his mum and we'll be saying you know what's happening what are we going to do what's the steps going forward um please let me know if I can do anything this end you know if you need any help that end um so definitely having good good family involvement um and then it just works better for them because you all know that they're on the same page. He's not going to get anything more from his family that he's not going to get from here. And he knows that when he goes home, I know what's happening and what they're doing. Yeah, I think I think going back to what Morgan said about laughter, that is probably the one comment that Red Bank House gets the most, um, how much laughter there is. Um, admittedly, sometimes you have to laugh because otherwise you cry. <laughs> but you know every day is a school day um with our guys and you know if if for whatever reason that laughter wasn't happening then I'd I'd seriously question what was going wrong yeah I agree I think that um even though you have to be so serious all the time around most of their daily life decisions you have got to make it as fun as possible for them because 
if not, you know, they're already cut short of what they can and can't do. So taking away their daily, you know, daily laughter and daily fun and what they're doing. You know, it's it's quite sad, really. So, Lorraine, obviously you've been at Red Bank House for over 10 years. So do you think that the quality has changed over the years and the approach to getting to that high standard of quality? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know when they were first introduced, because obviously I've, I've been a manager, what, three, four years. Um, but I can remember as a senior and a deputy, um, quality began to be measured um, a lot more um, through quality auditing. So when we first started doing those, it was it was a real eye opener because I think you didn't get to see what actually went into everything until you actually had to audit everything you do um, in all the different uh, criteria sections to do with the key lines of inquiry. Our quality audits, we do disseminate to other staff um, to also do so that they can see exactly what is involved in the whole process to do with managing a service and delivering quality care. So they also are instrumental in doing some of the quality audits to give them a better understanding. It widens their knowledge um, as well as our own. Um, so, yeah, I found that over the years, the we are audited a lot more. But I think that has been key in ensuring that we're doing everything we should and we've got everything in place. So, yeah, that has that has changed a lot. I think when I first started um, at a young age, quality was seen as such a scary thing. You know, when quality would turn up, you know, you would panic. And I think now as the deputy manager, looking back, you know, you, we're all on the same page and quality just want the best for us and um, want us to get a, to a high standard. There's, there's no need to be scared. Like, they're not scary people. And I think from years ago, you know, you, you you would panic. You'd think, oh, my God, no quality's here. Whereas now you, you, you relax and you think, well, if they pick up on something, at least you know before, you know, CQC come. Mm. And then and then at least you can get them jobs done and sorted um, and you're prepared, you know. It, I enjoy quality. I like that they come and I like that they come um, and look at everything because if not, you know, it's a fresh pair of eyes looking at everything that you've got. So t- for me, I I like it due to um, knowing what you've got and what you've not got. Yeah, it, it is one of those things that does go a long way to preparing you for your ultimate inspection from CQC. So it kind of does give you that peace of mind to know, well, I do my audits and I know what I've got in place. I know what I need to do. Um, and, you know, yeah. It does. It prepares you for all of those things. I just want to say thanks, Morgan, for talking to me today about quality, about Prada-Willis syndrome, about our services. And if you'd like to learn more, visit our website. No, thanks, Lorraine. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for all your help that you um, gave us for opening Esma House and we will forever be in your debt for that. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our focus on quality, 
please visit our website at www.voyagecare.com.